Oh, hello there. Are we going? Yeah, we're going. Oh, we're going. Awesome. Yeah, this is happening. We're back. Hello, and everybody. As professional as ever. Always with the highest level of professionalism that you can expect from anyone who covers sports who hasn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> taken a geography class yes, in a while. Yes, or... it's, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, hey, but we're back. Anything. We are. We are here. We are the Frogs of War podcast. I'm Jamie Plunkett. I'm Melissa Trebowasser. Hopefully you can hear us a little bit better. Uh, Melissa has this nice new iPhone rigging with a big microphone. For those of you who watch live on the Facebook page, uh, we still have the same rigging, at least temporarily, for those of you who might be listening on iTunes or Podbean or wherever else podcasts are available uh but we are here it is august 2nd and today was the first day of tcu football media availability for the 2018 season we talked with gary patterson we heard from sonny cumby we heard from a couple of the players uh and so we're going to recap that a little bit today and then we're also going to talk about a pretty cool announcement that we have uh for the podcast this fall yeah so we are back tcu football is back uh Games are just around the corner, and we're here to get you ready for them. I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Gary was his normal self today. If You know, you mentioned it earlier when we were chatting with some other folks that it seems he's starting to mellow a little bit in yeah. his old age, but he still has a very small amount uh, a, a lot of fire to him, and that was uh, apparent today in his first uh, conversation with the media since Big 12 Media Days. Um, but he... Said a couple of interesting things. He's not. He's still not uh, telling us officially who the starting quarterback is. So we've got that going for us. Uh, everyone's assumption at this point is that it's Sean Robinson, um, the sophomore out of Desoto. But uh, Patterson and Sonny Cumby echoed the same sentiment today that the quarterback competition is a lot closer than people are giving it credit. For Michael Collins out of Penn has really been pushing Robinson a lot, especially in the spring. Um, and even Cumby said, you know, that they will be splitting reps with the ones as we start fall camp uh, until someone, as he says, uh, separates themselves. And, I mean, it's definitely setting up for Sean Robinson to be the guy, but I think it's really healthy to have some competition in camp. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what's going to make both of these guys better, and it, and it puts the onus on Sean Robinson to just go out and play football and not worry about everything else swirling around him. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we saw the same thing a couple of years ago uh, when a kid transferred in from Texas A&M and Trevon Boykin was really pushed for the starting role. It's nice, I think, for a guy who everyone expects to be the number one guy uh, to have that competition, to be pushed, to be challenged in practice, uh, just so that he knows that the job's not guaranteed. Uh, That makes you work a little harder. That makes you practice a little harder. makes you prepare to be the number one, but also knowing that there's someone someone behind yeah. you who's ready to take your spot if you're not ready. And I don't think this is an indictment on Sean Robinson not being good enough. I think it's more just a, wow, Michael Collins is a lot better than we anticipated. And, you know, Sean Robinson is a true sophomore coming into his first camp preparing as the starter on day one. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a real positive overall. It's great for TCU football. Um, and, and we can't obviously forget about Justin Rogers either, who Patterson said is closer, but did not want to make any specific comments on his health and availability for tomorrow's first practice of the year. Yeah. Um, I do think we'll see Justin at some point this year with the redshirt rule having changed. I think there'll be mm-hmm. a package of plays for him, but it's got to be a nice luxury for Sonny Cumbie and Curtis Looper and Gary Patterson to know they don't have to rush this guy on the field because they have two people who can take snaps and still the mule yeah. sitting in the wings, waiting in the waiting, wings as well lurking. for his opportunity. 
always present. I just want to see the mule throw a touchdown this year. Well, you know, and it's uh, I would love that, but I think the quarterback room is going to be really interesting this mm-hmm. year because you've got Sean, you've got Grayson, you've got two guys in Justin and Michael who, you know, haven't been around for as long, um, but are, are incredibly talented guys, it sounds like. And then Patterson announced today in the press conference, too, uh, there's a special someone who is finishing his college degree and will be a student coach this year. That just is can't one. Quit you. Just, just can't quit can't you. Just can't quit you. Uh, as Mason said uh, on Twitter earlier today, he will be the first student coach to win the Heisman. Uh, that is Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill is coming back. He's a student coach. He's going to be in the room. And I think, as and Patterson mentioned this a little bit, Cumbie mentioned this a little bit too, um, that's going to be really helpful for, for Robinson sure. and for everyone else in the room. Simply because, I mean, say what you will about Kenny Hill, but the guy knew how to prepare, knew how to practice, um, understands what's expected of a quarterback in this offense. And that wisdom and that knowledge can only help these young guys as they're starting to get prepared and as they're competing to be in the role that Kenny Hill filled last year. Um, So having that level of experience and expertise in the room, that's never a bad thing. And to have a guy who is close to their age and has been their teammate – uh, so they have that rep- they have that um, you know relationship rapport, yeah. that rapport already. Uh, I think that's a that's going to be a huge help to the quarterback yeah. room this year. Well, and who has seen it all more than Kenny Hill from True. all aspects on and off the field? And so he brings a real wealth of knowledge and, and a perspective. And like Coach Patterson said today, sometimes they'll just listen to the guy who's their age a little bit more than they'll listen to the coach. And yeah. So I don't I don't see a negative here at all for TCU. I think it's real positive and also speaks volumes about TCU and the football program mm-hmm. and that Kenny Hill, who had been through so much, wanted to come back, wanted to finish his degree and wanted to be a part of this program. I think that's a real positive for everybody involved. It definitely is. And, uh, you know, Kenny also has that experience with the media, mm-hmm. uh, that side of things, too, that I think will help Sean and Michael and everyone else. Uh, and Patterson mentioned, you know, he thought Sean Robinson did really well at Big 12 Media Days. Obviously, that's not a guarantee that he's going to start, but it's a, it, you know, there's an expectation yeah. there. Patterson said, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected uh, today. Well, so, he, something close to he that. He paraphrased yeah. it, anyways. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, he talked about expectations of being the number one quarterback on a team, yeah. and he's starting to expose Sean Robinson to some of that. And uh, by all accounts, Sean's responding really well. Yeah, it's, it's the Friday Night Lights quotes is the quarterback's the captain. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be the quarterback of a Division One football team in a big conference on the national stage, you've got to be a leader of men. And Sean Robinson has been a leader at every level he's played at, but being a, a leader as a true sophomore taking snaps in Division One football is going to take just a little bit different experience that he's going to have to get on the fly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, talking to uh, Sonny Cumbie a little bit today as well, you know, the quarterback position isn't the only position that they're trying to grow up this fall in camp. Uh, you've got to replace a significant number of guys along the offensive line. You've got to replace a significant number of guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean, you're talking about Matt Bozen and Travin Howard and Nick Orr and Rantani Tejada. I mean, that's a, that's a high level of experience and elite play that you don't have anymore. Um, and to a T, Cumbie and all of the kids that we talked to, all of the players that we talked to today, all mentioned, you know, it can't just be one or two guys that step up mm-hmm. and try to play uh, and fill those shoes and fill those roles as you know, just players on the field and as, as leaders on and off the field. Uh, I think Julius Lewis and Ross Blacklock both said, um, you know, this has to be a team effort. Like we all have to step up and be leaders. We all have to step up and just expect that at some point we're going to get a shot to you know fill those voids and and make sure that this program doesn't take a step back, but it's still taking steps forward. Uh, and that was really a cool thing to hear 
Um, you know, it might be one of those canned lines that they're given as, you know, preparation to head into media day and stuff like this. Um, but it's still cool to hear across the board all of these guys on the same page. Darius Anderson was on the same page as well. Um, Cordell, Cord- I can never say his last name. Iwaglu. Iwaglu, yeah. Iwa- sure. Cordell. Seaman. Uh, Seaman. <laughs> He was, you know, he was on the same page too. And he talked a little bit about the offensive line. You know, I asked him, I said, what's it going to be like, uh, you know, working with a bunch of new guys along the offensive line this fall? And he said, you know, before last year, I wasn't a starter. You know, two years ago, these were the guys I was running with when we were all on the twos together. And so, you know, he's, he is, he said that he's really comfortable playing next to all of these guys. Um, You know, Kelton Hollins being one of them. Uh, and, you know, Anthony McKinney apparently has lost a lot of baby fat and is looking really good. He, Sonny Cumbie said that he's been really taking it upon himself to get his body uh, prepared to play D1 football. Um, so that's cool to hear. Um, but, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of question marks going into this season, but I think today helped me kind of wrap my arms around, uh, you know, this team, there are, there are good reasons for the high, ex- high expectations. Sure. You know, there's a good reason for the number 16 preseason ranking that came out in the coaches' poll today. Um, these kids seem like they're going to be a lot of fun to watch play football this year, and I think they're going to be really stinking good. Yeah. It's it's one of the most likable groups of characters that, we, that we've seen Absolutely. around Fort Worth. Um, and, and you can tell it's it's one of those teams that Gary Patterson likes showing up to coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to work hard. They have that work ethic. They all have, like you said, that that common goal. I mean, we, we tried to bait some of these guys into individual goals and, yeah. and asking them what they wanted out of the season and – to a man, every single one of them yeah. said, we want to win a lot of games. If we win a lot of games, the rest will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about, uh, you know, seeing so many Kansas players and Texas Tech players on the preseason, all Big 12 team for defense, and TCU having one guy, and, and you know, obviously it's a really good player. But, Bandage, yeah, yeah they, they weren't biting on that. Mm-mm. Now you could see a little fire in their eyes. Yeah. And that they feel yeah. like they have something to prove. But at the end of the day, uh, this is a team that is still feeling the sting from losing twice to Oklahoma last year and mm-hmm. wants to go out and win a Big 12 championship and wants to win a national championship. And uh, as many question marks as we see, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the heart is strong and the intensity is strong and the work ethic is really strong among this group. And I think that, uh, as USA Today loves to say, we'll overachieve once again with another 10-win season. At some point, when you keep winning 10-plus games a year, it doesn't become overachieving. It's just yes, what you do. it's expectation. And I don't know what the threshold for it just being what you do is, but TCU's got to be getting close at this point. You would think. You, you would, would think. think. You would think, you know. Anyways, someday, maybe. Yeah, but someday. it's, it, you know, I, I think that... It, there's a lot of reason for optimism. I mean, every team in the country outside of Kansas is probably really excited about today and yeah. doesn't have a ceiling on what their team can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun to get back out there to see the players, get back to campus to see the coaches. Are, I mean, Gary looked great today. He was yes. refreshed, and he looks like he's lost some good weight. And mm-hmm. he just, you know, he's smiling and happy and making jokes. And we know it's going to be different by the end of uh, tomorrow. But uh, sure. <laughs> the fresh yeah. energy and, and the excitement around the program is, is a really positive thing. And uh, there's no reason to look at a wide-open Big 12 and think, why can't TCU be in contention mm-hmm. to win a championship this year? Why why not them? Why not any of them? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And as Patterson said you know, today, the theme this year is own the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked a lot about you know, he doesn't like this idea of trusting the process. You've got to own the process. You've got to know it well enough that you can go out and you can execute this process whenever you're asked to. Uh, and he says with a crew like this one, with a lot of younger guys coming up and with, you know, a smaller senior class this year, it's going to be really important for them to own the process. And I think that if they do that and if they buy into this stuff that, that Patterson and the coaching staff are, are, are giving them, 
Um, you're absolutely right. With a with a Big 12 that's as wide open, I mean, you've got Will Greer, who's the most experienced quarterback in the league at West Virginia, and he's he's a great quarterback. Um, but Oklahoma is trying to replace a quarterback. Oklahoma State is trying to replace a quarterback. TCU is trying to replace a quarterback. We don't really know what we're going to see from Charlie Brewer down at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Texas still hasn't figured out who their quarterback yep. is going to be. Uh, I mean, Tom Herman doesn't even know if they have any elite players at this point. He was stumped by that question at Big 12 Media Days. And so it is so incredibly wide open that if Sean Robinson comes along like people expect him to, uh, if the offensive line comes together um, as the linemen themselves expect them to, uh, and as the coaching staff does, uh, you know, there's there's no reason to believe um, that TCU won't be successful yeah. this year. Won't be in the mix. So that was a double negative, but yeah. I think I got the right point across. I think, I think we know what you meant there. Yes. Yes. So, uh, it's it'll be exciting. The media will be able to go and watch practice on Saturday. Uh, so, we'll have people out there. Melissa will be out there. Uh, watching practice and, and reporting back on that. Uh, one of the funny things about today, though, that I thought was hysterical was when um, Ross Blacklock was talking about, I can't remember, I think it might have been Jeremy Clark, asked mm-hmm. him about the video that came out of him uh, a couple weeks ago doing this uh, Fast 7 footwork training uh, that we see a lot of kids doing these days. And it was it was a really impressive video. Jeremy asked him what his 40 time was. Uh, and Ross gets a little like sulky and it's man, <laughs> I ran it about a month ago and it was four, nine, but I, I stumbled. It was four, nine, but I stumbled. Uh, that, that and, man is a freak of nature. He said he was, he said he weighs 329 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's gotta be at least six, five, yeah. six, five, three twenty nine, And he was disappointed that he ran a four, nine. I remember when he was being recruited and one of the coaches said something about, or when he first walked, when he first got to campus at TC as a true freshman and uh, talking about his body fat being like 13% or something like, how do you use that size of a human being coming out of high school? And I mean, he, he is, people are sleeping on Ross Blacklock outside yeah. of the big 12, but there's not a program in this conference that does not know who he is. Well, the big 12 might be sleeping on him too. He wasn't on any yeah. preseason list. Well, the, the coaches know who he is. That's true. This is the, true. The people covering People are going to learn. Yeah. People, people are, are going to learn and, and he's going to be interesting because, you know, last year he absorbed so many double teams, and that's why Matt Boson was as successful as mm-hmm. he was. You know, that opened things up a lot for Ben Vanigoo. And so he's going to be a guy that doesn't, you know, absorb stats, but he takes up so much attention in the middle of the defense <laughs> that – and if you have to play, pay more attention to Ty Summers and Ben Vanigoo this year, and, and Vanigoo obviously is going to draw – a lot of, of the focus in the game plan, then we could see Blacklock, you know, have a little bit more stats and get a little bit more national notoriety as well this year. He's yeah. Just, and he's going to be a freak. He's going to be a freak. And realistically, like for a D tackle, his stats weren't even bad no. last year at all. I mean, you look at him and he had 27 tackles on the year. He had six and a half tackles for loss with two sacks. So he was getting in the backfield a tremendous amount of the mm-hmm. time. And even when he wasn't racking up those numbers, like you said, he was disruptive and yeah. he was drawing so much attention to himself. I mean, I posted today, I think it's going to, I think it posted already. It might be posting soon um, at the time of this recording. Anyways, uh, the safeties preview for TCU this upcoming year. And if you want, I posted a video of Ennis Gaines's highlights from last year and half of his highlights are him playing at the line. And the reason that he's getting <laughs> In the backfield and creating havoc is because Ross Blacklock is standing right there, mm-hmm. taking up all of this attention, and so Gaines can just hit that edge or cut up that a gap yeah. and just be, uh, you know, 
in, in people's faces all the well, time. Well, and, and one of the biggest benefits of having a defensive line like TCU has that is so disruptive is when you're breaking in a lot of new safeties and a lot of new corners, you know, as, as starters, as rotational players, if the quarterback doesn't have a whole lot of time to throw, mm-hmm. you're not asking them to hold up in coverage for nearly as long, obviously. Yeah. And so uh, if you look at a guy like Ennis Gaines, if you can bring him to the line – and you can sacrifice a little bit of that help in the secondary, it changes everything. It really um, does. And, and if, you know, Jeff, Jeff Gladney continues to play at the level we expect, if Enix Gaines steps in and plays, uh, Ridwan Isahaku is, is mm-hmm. back in camp, which is great news. Um, you know, Nico Small looks like he's ready to take more of a leadership Markel and be Simmons, the, the you know. general. I mean, if all of those guys can play that well and, and play up to their level, yeah. they're going to look a lot better if Corey Bethley and Ross Blacklock and Ben Mandigu oh, yeah. and LJ Collier are, are have the kind of season that we're expecting them to mm-hmm. have. I mean, the reason that Anthony Tejada had 15 passes defended last year is because half the time quarterbacks weren't getting past their first read, and you know that Rant was always on their number one receiver. Yeah. And he was getting that opportunity because the defensive line wasn't giving quarterbacks an opportunity to make their reads and and do their progressions like they – like they would have wanted to in situations like well, that. Well, so. and even if you look at Oklahoma, which was such a machine, how many of those passes were from the pocket that Baker was completing? Not many. No. Most of the time, no. he was he was just such a gifted thrower on the run that he was creating space where there was none. And mm-hmm. even, you know, TC was even able to collapse the pocket against Oklahoma's really solid offensive line. But Baker was just such a gifted playmaker that he continually made plays. <laughs> but, yep. hey, it's this it's a new year. And that's what the players were kept saying, too. They didn't want yeah. to talk about last year. They didn't want to talk about last year's stats. They wanted to focus on the mm-hmm. season ahead because it's obvious there's a real quiet confidence in this group. You're not yeah. going to hear them talk a lot, but there's a real confidence in this group that I think we're going to see on the field. They're ready to start hitting people. They are so ready. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be exciting. Obviously, keep your eyes on frogswar.com for all the latest updates uh, throughout fall camp. We're going to be out at practice on Saturday. Uh, We're going to have a lot more information as we get closer and closer to that first game on September 1st against Southern. Uh, But let's shift gears for a second and talk about what's coming from the Frogs War podcast this fall. Um, First and foremost, we will forever be grateful to the folks over at the pub for hosting us every single Wednesday last fall. Uh, That was an undertaking on their part that we can't be thankful enough for. Um, This year, though, we have an opportunity uh, to move a building over or I guess a space over anyways, and we're going to help Dutch's break in their new locker room uh, every Wednesday, or I guess the, theoretically the first Wednesday of every month. Yeah, well, it'll be hidden. We yeah. might be there more often than yeah. that. It's Those a pretty sweet space. Those burgers are really good. Uh, so that's happening on Wednesday, August 8th. will be our first show out at the Dutch's locker room, 730. Come out, get a burger, bring the fam. We'll be broadcasting live. It'll be a really good time. Full bar service. Uh, there's rumors of a named Frogs of War beverage. There is. That might be specific to our podcast. So that is something to look forward to. But, yeah, come grab dinner. Break, the new space is unbelievable. It's TVs incredible. everywhere. Full bar service. Uh, lots of exciting things. They're, they're doing something really special over there, and it's going to be an amazing facility. And you can sit and heckle. I mean, cheer us on. As uh, as you heckling. eat your uh, as you eat your dinner, I have no doubt that it will be heckling you also, through bites of Texana and French fries, yeah. and you know. You also, if you come out on Wednesday, uh, which is next week, based on when we're recording this, uh, you may get to meet some of the Frogs of War staff as we're having a little meet up ahead of time yeah, we for are. dinner. So come on in, meet meet your favorite Frogs of War contributors. Heck yeah, meet the Frogs of War crew, and then get a burger, get a brew. Hey, how about that? And uh, listen to us do uh, a live podcast talking about the practice on Saturday and, and news and updates from around, yeah. from around TCU land. 
Awesome. Well, it's good to be back. We're excited. It's going to be a fun football season. Uh, we've got soccer is reported. Volleyball is back on campus. There's a lot of good things coming down the pipe. And basketball, basketball had a lake day this week. Yeah, basketball had a Jaylen lake day. Jalen Fisher was swimming with his yeah. live vest around his ears. But yep. and, okay. and don't worry, they were not swimming on the new blue basketball court either. They were not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> People. I don't. We really need football season to start. I can't decide whether or not Twitter is good or bad anymore. If you were judging it off of the TC basketball tweet, there would be no way to know. No. I enjoyed it, though. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, anyways, this has been the Frogs War Podcast. I am Jamie Plunkett. Melissa Trebowasser. We're back. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, 730. Dutchess, be there. Or be square. Bye.